When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately. And he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to recap day number six of New York Jets training camp with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang. Over at JetsInsider.com, and above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So, Chris, we had a very scary incident at the end of practice. Let's lead with that just so we can put people's minds at ease. Cam Clark had a collision, and he ended up being carted out. The ambulance came on. They ended practice early. People were scared that it was going to be some sort of terrible neck injury. He couldn't move his legs for a little bit, but happy to report and apparently he's okay. ESPN is saying that Cam Clark suffered what appears to be some sort of contusion, more like a stinger, and he's expected to make a full recovery. So something that I'm sure was very frightening to watch in real time, and fingers crossed it looks like he's going to be fine. As you said before we started recording, this is something that you don't see every day, and in fact, I believe you said you've never seen anything like this at practice. Yeah, not never to this extent. Uh, you know, we've seen the cart come out for lots of people, usually for lower leg injuries. Um, so uh, you see injuries all the time, and sometimes the cart has to go. Seeing injuries where, like, you were like, "Yep, yeah, th- this guy's season's probably over," and obviously your heart hurts for that that person. But uh, we're, we're sitting there; it's the second to last period of the day. It's the the last play of that period. Uh, the the clock hits zero. It switches over to the next period, and time goes back on the clock. And none of us reporters saw what happened. We couldn't. We didn't have a good angle. But all of a sudden, it was just deafening silence. And we're looking around, and we just see like everyone kind of huddled up around a player and. We couldn't tell what was going on, but you could tell instantly, like, oh, this isn't good. This this could potentially be very serious. And then it took us, you know, a good 10 minutes to even figure out who it was because, uh, again, the, everybody was circled around him. Um, but you could tell that it was, it, it was potentially serious. Uh, 
they brought out the spine board, got him on it. They um, almost immediately, you saw medical personnel rush out there. They are uh, waving over to the ambulance, which is just, you know, 50 feet away, uh, parked there, just just waiting for situations like this. Um, they loaded him up onto it, and they took him over to Mor- Morristown Medical Center, a, a very uh, highly regarded uh, hospital here in uh, in the area but uh, throughout the country um and so at that it was really you know it just took the wind out of the sails of all the practice and they only uh robert Sala and zach wilson talked today afterwards i don't think they wanted to be sending too many players out there to to talk after this especially since nobody really knew what was going on at first um we like he you know they you said they did he didn't have feelings in his leg at first robert sala did tell us that there was some movement in the extremities but it, it was very concerning and oh we're all sitting there and robert sala had a quote that you know when that happens like football is irrelevant it, it it's it goes away it's the last thing on anyone's mind and that's exactly you felt that like we're sitting there watching football, taking notes, thinking of uh, our observations and stories we're going to write, and then all of a sudden, none of that mattered. And uh, it took me a while just uh, when I got back home to be able to go back into my brain and start thinking about what happened in practice before that just because it was so so jarring. And that's even after I, I learned that, you know, he's expected to make a full recovery. So – that that's it's it's football it's one of the things that really sucks about the sport is how dangerous it can be um uh, robert Sala again he said that he didn't really see the play he's gonna have to look at the tape but he saw he saw a little bit out the corner of eye his eye he thought he did like a kick move and, and uh to for protection and he went down and somehow he has a neck contusion from that. So it, it was a very scary moment, but obviously I'm glad everybody's glad that he's expected to make a full recovery. Sometimes we forget Chris that football is not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. And these are very large men that on every single player bashing into each other. And that's the dark side of football is sometimes things like this happen. And thankfully In this instance, Cam Clark is going to be okay, and so we'll focus on the positive, and we'll move to another subject now because of the fact that we can rest easy knowing that Cam Clark is okay, and that subject is Elijah Moore. We talk about him every single day on the show. Another really nice practice for him. He was beating up on Bless Austin today. And for the first time, he was running with the first team. I got to tell you, I'm half surprised it took this long because of the dazzling displays that he's been putting on every day. But there was no way they were going to be able to deny him any longer. He's just been shining too brightly. He took Keelan Cole's spot with the first team, and I'd be surprised if he ever relinquishes it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he he's going to. And it's funny though, because you know, on yesterday's show, I joked about how. Uh, I was half rooting for uh, Elijah Moore to just like have a quiet day and not do too much. Well, we, it, it kind of happened today, but through no fault of his own, uh, they put on the pads for the first time today. And typically the first day of pads tends to be a really heavy running day. 
Uh, they they like to focus on the rushing game on that. That they like to ease in that way. So that there was limited passing uh, opportunities in the team drills. So he didn't stand out nearly as much as he has today. Uh, today he didn't stand out nearly as much as the other practices. But he did uh, at one point. Uh, they were doing one on ones, and Zach Wilson uh, um, underthrew him. Elijah Moore, uh, when he came back, Zach was like, yeah, you know, I got to put a little more something on that to get it to you. And, and Elijah was like, well, let's get it again. And he said, yep, you're right. Let's get it again and get it. They did because they went right back to it a couple reps later on on Elijah's next rep and they got it. They it, it, they did exactly what they were looking for. Um so yeah, uh, it's another day, of, another day of Elijah doing some impressive things. But again, uh, this was the least impressive day for Elijah Moore. Although, admittedly, not no fault of his own. There was just less passing reps available today. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Chris, we talk about Elijah Moore every single day, and the other player that we talk about every single day is Carl Lawson. He was at it again in practice today. Yeah, I mean. This dude uh, is just – he's incredible really right now. And he, he's definitely giving it to uh, Mekhi Becton. Uh, he's getting in, but he's just so disruptive. And I, I, I do think that the, the size is – you know, puts Mekhi Becton at a disadvantage with Carl Lawson. I mentioned it to uh, some of the other reporters – it's kind of like when uh, Revis was here. Revis always talked about how he'd much rather cover like Calvin Johnson than Steve Smith because Calvin Johnson has a bigger frame and he could get his hand and jam him on the frame. Steve Smith, it was hard to do it because it's a smaller frame and all he had to do is make a, a minor little move and then he'd miss the jam and he'd get by. And so I, I think that we're seeing some of that here because Carl Lawson is, is you know, smaller than the average edge rusher is. And it, it does seem like Makai Becton is having a hard time getting his hands on him. Um, we talked about this through the last couple of days. Robert Sala said that without pads, the, uh, the defense has a distinct advantage because there's less for – um, the offensive lineman to kind of grab and uh, hold on to. and But today the pads were on, and that didn't stop Carl Lawson at all. He was just uh, just absolutely disruptive. His speed, uh, the, the different moves he's showing. Um, he, and, you know, with the rest of this line, with, with Sheldon Rankins, with John Franklin Myers, Bryce Huff, uh, with Quinnen Williams when he comes back, Vinnie Curry, like – it's it's gonna be tough to stop all of them, and it's gonna be really tough to stop Carl Lawson. Uh, I'm not gonna be going crazy with uh, saying anything, but I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say right now he's probably going to be the best rusher they've had since Jonathan Abraham. Let's talk about a player that we haven't discussed very much in training camp yet, Chris, and that's Vincent Smith. His speed was on display today. Yeah, uh, this was a, a a little bit of a bad uh, pass. Well, not 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 a bad pass, especially since it was completed. But if if Wilson put some more on it and let uh, Smith just run under it, it would have been a touchdown. He it, it, the ball hung up there a little bit, but 
Vincent Smith like torched like three defenders on the play, and then he had to come back to it and and make a tough contest contested uh, contested catch. Um, so it was a really nice play. It, it that catch did stand. So you know throw was obviously good enough. But yeah, you want to see Wilson put a little bit more on that. Um, Wilson uh, talked about uh, is later too though. That's this is what practice is for, especially when you're working with new teammates you you have to learn their speed you have to learn how they respond to getting jammed and <clears throat> and all that stuff you have to learn the rhythm of all the players so uh you know it wilson learned a lesson today when he, he's gonna try to throw his deep to, Zach, to vincent smith he's gonna need to put a little more on it and get that uh, uh, for, further out there for him to run under we haven't talked about Zach Wilson yet, Chris, because he had another day where he was fine, nothing special, but that's okay because it's early on in training camp, he's a rookie, and so as long as he's not out there playing poorly, that's something you can build off of. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there were still the good plays outweighed the bad, and it, it does really seem like every time he has a bad play, a bad mistake, he comes right back and he'll try to attack like the same area uh, as soon as he can. And he'll try to just correct that mistake immediately. Um, and he's had success with it. Uh, just, okay. That was a bad pass interception. The next play. Oh, oh, wow. That was okay. The most impressive throw of the day. So he's gotten, uh, you know, he's talked about this in, in camp, you know, after his first day, he said, you just got to, uh, you deal with the bad days the same way you deal with the good days. You just, okay, that's what today was. It was a bad day or it was a good day, and that's going to have, you know, very little bearing on what the next day is. You just have to try to keep uh, keep calm, keep steady composure and even keeled, and just keep building day after day, and you can't let uh, have a bad pass or anything get you down. And it, it's hard to to sit here and say that he's just spouting cliches because I, I, I see it in practice. I see it all unfolding. I can see exactly what he's talking about. Um, so I, I think that <clears throat> this, this all speaks, uh, you know, positively and well of his, his potential in the future. Um, he, he's a really smart kid and he, he's, got a good grasp on what he's supposed to be doing what he needs to do uh to to be a successful quarterback in this league and he's going out there and and he's doing it carl lawson wasn't the only outside rusher who had a nice day today bryce huff who's been running with the first team had himself a sack yeah bryce huff uh he's he had a couple plays uh throughout camp but today he really he really popped and uh you know, again with that, those pads on, he he had a, a really nice uh, rush to get the sack there, and uh, he you know getting those reps, and he really showed out. He's he's just another one of these players, you know. Uh, that th- that front is just stacked with talent, and I I, it, it, you know, if we're going to sit here and start rattling off names of 
who are you going to have to stop? He's going to be much lower on the list, but uh, it's not somebody that I would recommend teams be forgetting about. I think this kid can can make some plays and can uh, really have an impact on this defense considering all the other talent around him. Encouraging news at kicker, Chris Nagar, the rookie out of SMU, four for four today. And the other kid they just brought in, Amendola, he missed on his last one, which was a really long kick, but he's got one hell of a powerful leg. I'm not saying either one of these guys is necessarily going to end up the place kicker and that even if one of them does, that they'll be successful. But I'll take any positive news out of the place kicker position at this point. Yeah, it's funny that they were starting the the kicking uh, portion of practice, and all of us reporters were kind of like, "Oh boy, what are we in for today? How's this? How's this going to go?" But then they went out and and they performed incredibly well. Uh, the, you know, four four, and then that last one was from really far away. But yeah, that dude's leg is powerful. He has an absolute cannon. Um, that that one from long distance, he he just barely missed. It wasn't a bad shank, but it it could have gone like it, it had another twenty yards on it. Like this kid's leg is crazy strong. Um, but yeah, it was good to see a day from the kickers where they you you anybody watching would have been like, oh okay, if you knew nothing about it, you'd be like, oh okay, these guys are pretty good, and you'd think that they're going into the season with. Um, competent kicking that you could uh, rely on. Um, we'll need to see a couple more days string, strung together like this, and we'll need to see it <clears throat> uh, continue over into uh, preseason. But this was a positive step in the right direction. And as you guys all know, there haven't been a lot of those at this at this position for a while. Some injuries beyond Cam Clark, unfortunately, today. Jabari Zaniga and Chuma Adoga both left practice. Yeah, they both left. We saw them not not too long after each other. Uh, I believe it was a lower leg with Adoga. They they didn't have an idea uh, on Zaniga. Uh, Salah didn't know yet, obviously, because of the Cam Clark thing. He didn't bother getting uh, uh, updates on everybody else. That kind of took precedence on it. But <clears throat> those two had to miss. We'll get uh, more tomorrow to see how long. But, you know, obviously they're not anybody that uh, fans are really expecting much out of or I think even the team is expecting that much out of. So it's not going to be uh, anything that's going to really impact the roster in any type of way. Chris, as you said, the only two people to speak after practice were Robert Sala and Zach Wilson. And Sala had a really interesting quote when he was asked about how surprised he was that Elijah Moore made it all the way to number 34 based on how he's performed early on in camp. Yeah, so um, he was he was asked about it. And, uh, you know, he just sat there and he was like, hey, if somebody had told me that before the draft that we would have gotten Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, and even Michael Carter, he, he just said, I would have asked what they were smoking. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, uh, depending on who he asks, may, maybe he gets an answer, who knows? Uh, but uh, it, it was, it was definitely, uh, we were all caught off guard. That's one of those times where, 
<clears throat> you know, a lot of people like to complain about the fake media laugh. And I totally get it because it can be annoying. But also a lot of times it's not a necessarily a fake media laugh. It's just we're caught off guard. We're not expecting it because there's so much uh, of these press conferences and interviews is just kind of boilerplate stuff. And it's just cliche after cliche after cliche. And we're like sitting there expecting to just be bombarded <clears throat> with a bunch of like, you know, nonsense that doesn't really mean anything. And then when somebody throw a coach, Robert Salas sitting there and it just randomly says, you know, I would have asked what you were smoking. We're all like caught off guard and laughing about it. So yeah, that was a really funny moment. What else did he have to say? Uh, so it was uh, talked about the first day of padded practices. Um, he thought that the run blocking of the offensive line was really strong. He loves what he's seeing there, um, particularly on the left side of the ball. Uh, pass protection still needs uh, work, though. They, they still need to do a better job of building a, a better pocket around Zach Wilson and protecting him that way so that he can he's able to step up into his throws more and he really wants them uh, him to be able to operate within a phone booth um <clears throat> he did mention something that you know they did run seven on sevens yesterday they did some one on ones today but he said you know they don't like to do a lot of that stuff. Uh, he likes the one-on-ones just for the competitive aspect of it, but he doesn't like doing seven-on-sevens because he thinks it kind of develops bad habits where he wants the quarterback to, it, you know, it's you feels like you're only playing half the game, and he wants the quarterback to feel the rush, to, to man, manipulate the pocket. Um, he also thinks that because there's no uh, – there's no rush that receivers take a little longer to run their routes and quarterbacks tend to hold on to the ball a little bit longer because there's no rush barreling down on them. <clears throat> so he, he thinks it can lead to some bad habits. So they kind of shy away from doing a whole lot of that. Um, and then he also just talked about Zach Wilson and how he thinks he's got coming along and he's, uh, specifically about dealing with the pressure and manipulating the pocket and stepping up in it. And he thinks he's done a really good job on the whole. He's been impressed by it. There's been a handful of times where <clears throat> where he was so bogged down in the pressure that when he finally escaped, he came out of it. He couldn't really see where the receivers were, and that led to some underthrows. But that's part of the process, and we talked about it. The biggest – the biggest jump for him specifically coming out of college and um, to be a rookie in the NFL was being at BYU playing behind that offensive line full of like 30 year olds, basically. Um, <clears throat> so he's, that's going to be a huge transition. And of course there's going to be some moments and some bumps in the road, but he's done a really good job. And, and Robert Sala has been impressed with the way he's, he's been able to handle himself inside the pocket and deal with all that pressure. Speaking of Zach Wilson, what did he say? Well, first off, a happy birthday to Zach, Zach mm -hmm. Wilson. Mm -hmm. uh, he shares a birthday with Tom Brady. He is uh, 20, 22 years old, and he said the crazy part is he, he thinks uh, he was one year old when Tom Brady entered the NFL. <laughs> so, like, that, that's pretty nuts. Uh, 
he also somebody mentioned uh you know something about him being more of a rogers guy and he said yeah he always was just more because of the style of play and it's and it's really fun to watch but he did go ahead and make sure to note that he thinks that uh that brady is the clear-cut goat um then he he also was asked about how he's feeling about his progression and he's feeling really good he he's loved going against this pass rush and this defensive front he thinks it's great for him it's great for the o line he knows <clears throat> he knows and stresses the importance of dealing with pressure and says that something can be replicated it, it, that's something that can't be replicated outside of practicing games there's no you know there's nothing he can do on his own or when they meet up the the receivers all meet up in the, the off season down in Florida to throw with each other. There's nothing they can do to simulate that pressure. This is it. And practices and games. So he's trying to milk that for all it's worth. Um, he also uh, talked about uh, the area around here, Florham Park. He loves it around here. It's a beautiful town, beautiful area. And he said that he, he likes that the city is just far enough away that they can really concentrate on football and they not don't have the temptation of the city calling them. I don't know if he really understands what he's saying there, though, because, I mean, Florham Park, 24 is right there. You hop on 24, you take that to 78 you can be in the city in 20 25 minutes if there's no traffic um so i don't know if he fully understands that but it's clear that his focus is on football so so maybe he's just trying to trick himself or just say that to stick with the football and then of course he obviously had to talk about elijah moore um and he said he under, he understands that it make look or feel like he has uh you know, more chemistry with him or he's specifically targeting Elijah Moore because he's more comfortable with them. But he says, that's not what it is. He says, when he drops back, he's not thinking, oh, I'm going to try to get the ball to Corey Davis or I'm going to try to get the ball to Elijah Moore. He's just dropping back and he's go saying, okay, what's my read? And he's going through his read. And Elijah Moore just happens to be in the right spot and beating his man more often than not. So he's just going to keep going to him. And it's not like he's like, oh, there's Elijah. Let me get it to him. He's just like, there's an open guy. Let me get it to him. Oh, there's Elijah. He's making plays. No negativity over here in Jets land. It's all positive right now. Positive energy at Florham Park. And I'm glad that we could recap day number six of positive energy with the very big deal who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, thank you for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. We will recap next practice tomorrow. In the meantime, follow Chris on Twitter at CNMLE and at Jets Insider and read everything he's doing over at JetsInsider.com. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com. Sharon Phillips got a brand new article out talking about how dominant the defensive line could be this year. Plus, we've got great videos up on our YouTube channel. Luke Grant has been crushing it over there. He's got a video up talking about how Jets fans should not lose hope in Denzel Mims, about Zach Wilson's big day with Elijah Moore the other day, film reviews of Quinn and Williams, Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, and so much more. It's all there on our YouTube channel. So watch all the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. And go ahead and give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. 
easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.